0: Well, look in your Bible today. Join me in the book of Mark, chapter number 9, and um, we will see maybe if God can help us dig out a true here that might be applicable to our life. Now, do not forget, as you read the Bible, there is a historical application. It actually happened. It actually happened just like it's written, and it has an application for those in the drama. It also has a theological application. Please do not forget that. When you read your Bible, there is a theological application. Uh, we here at Joshua Baptist Church are not ashamed of doctrine. Amen. Uh, we believe and uphold doctrine. Uh, we're non-anything. We're something in every area. So don't call us non-denominationalists. We are something denominationalist in everything. And you'll get down to it. It'll be Baptist every time. Let me read for you. You know the story. You know the chapter. You realize that the Mount of Transfiguration has transpired. Peter, James, and John has gone up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And there they've seen Christ glorified and transfigured and uh, he's talking with two men who's already been to heaven, Moses and Elijah the subject content of their conversation is Calvary they're talking about his decease Peter, James and John is overwhelmed at that and boy you think if you'd experienced that you'd be able to believe anything Jesus said would you say amen? amen and they not Just left glory on top of the mountain. They come down and they're confronted with a demon-possessed lad. A daddy that is heartbroken. A mama that has been hurt deeply by a child that is completely controlled by the devil. In other words, the devil has taken over. And Jesus calls the devil out of the child. Now the story goes, verse 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee. And he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples. He was looking for a solitary place. He knew to teach. He needed to get all the confusion and all the pull and the tugs of the crowd away from the disciples. So he moved to a secluded place to teach his disciples. And he said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. my text but they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask it saved but still living in darkness saved and blind to everything that is spiritual. Saved and still got God's money in your pocket. Saved and dressed just like Christians ought to dress. But angry, frustrated, mean, mad, and glad. You're mad. <laughs> Saved, but not enjoying it. Amen. Saved, but you're still calling the shots. Yeah. Saved, and God is tugging on your heart, but you won't listen. I've probably looked and read portions of 50 commentations on the text. Not one gave any indication that they understood not what he said. Disciples, if you please, witnessed walking on the water disciples who has walked on the water disciples who has brought a lad's lunch just big these super special two sardines and a few biscuits and he miraculously Multiplied that and fed thousands. Saved. But still walking in darkness. Now I know none of our members are like that. Now I know that none of our members just can't get it. That he's coming back. Amen. Now I know. None of our members are saved. And realize they'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. And give an account to God. For all we've done in the flesh. Saved. Realizing that one day. There'll be a great white throne. And he. He. Who sat upon it. From whose face the heavens and the earth fled away. And there was no place found. And the sea gave up the dead were in it. And death and hell delivered the dead that were in them. Maybe your family, your friends. And they were judged every man according to the works. Saved. Realize that one day every human being will stand before God, saved, but living like it's not a reality. And they were judged every one according to their works. And the sea gave up their dead, and the death and hell gave up their dead, and they were judged. And whosoever was not found in the book of life. Do we believe this? We're cast into the lake of fire. What did you do about that this week? That one you did business with. Now that one you sat by down at the cafe or at the bar. (laughs) I'm just saying, maybe these disciples are not the only ones who saved and yet living in darkness. Right. Saved for sure, but not understanding. Can we read on now? Yes, sir. I've got to hurry. You say why I'm hungry. Now listen. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disrupted one another, disputed one another among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves. Who should be the greatest? And he sat down and called the twelve. And said unto them, if any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child. And set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms. He said unto them. It's a teaching moment. Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name. Receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me. Receiveth not me. But him that sent me. Now, our fathers today, please, Holy Spirit of God, run up and down these pews today, knock on hearts, tug on hearts. Lord, show them how much you love them. And show them that you are a merciful, loving, forgiving God. And that, Lord, there's a place for them in heaven We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we have a hard time of comprehending things. I do. My comprehension is zilt. I have to read things several times and underline it before this old thick head can retain it. And sometimes we just have a Horrible time comprehending things, especially now things that are of the spirit in the Bible. Have you ever thought of this? We live in a physical body, but are encouraged to live a spiritual life. Now that's difficult to comprehend for me. It's difficult for me to comprehend. We are told if we want to win, we must learn to lose. That's hard for me to get a hold of. I I like to be a winner. Second is not bad if you like standing with losers. I like to win. Would you cheat? I have. (laughs) Would you cheat tomorrow if you're not looking? I love to win. And it's difficult for me sometimes to comprehend the Word of God when it says, if you want to win, you must learn to lose. It's living in a physical body, but encouraged to live a spiritual life. That sometimes is hard to embrace. We are courage. That if we want to live, we must learn to die. Some of you look like you're having problems getting a hold of that. If you want to really live, you've got to learn to die to some things that is not profitable or even enjoyable by us. Living in a physical body, in a physical world where everything is tangible. It's hard for me to comprehend some of the things that Jesus might say. If any man desire to be first, he shall learn to be last. Verse 31. From the looks of your expressions on your face, you're having trouble with it too. Many times we throw rocks at these disciples and we look at them and the Bible says that Jesus told them this wonderful truth. And then he says, but they understood not. These guys are saved. If they're not saved, nobody's saved. These twelve are saved. These twelve are on their way to heaven. These twelve know in whom they believe and they're persuaded that he's able to keep that which he's committed unto that day. These know that God gave them eternal life and they shall never perish and neither shall any man pluck them out of God's hand because God is greater than all. These folks are saved yet living. In darkness. Oh, how terrible it would be for us to have the Word of God at our very fingertips and have it knowing that this is the testimony of the light of the world. And the Bible said, if we walk in the light as he is the light, then the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. Why should anybody today be saved and walking in darkness? Perhaps this might be the reason for Sunday morning only attenders. Preacher, I'm saved. Going to be here tonight. Yeah, yeah. Amen. How long has been since your Wednesday night service? Well, I don't need that. Oh, really? Yeah. Amen. You don't need to be in God's presence. You don't need the influence and encouragement from God's people. Amen. I'm saved. Yes, I know you're saved. But are you walking in the light? But are you clouded in the darkness of this old world? You say, Preacher, you're my friend. Quit talking like that. That's why I'm talking like that. I am your friend. You can't be spiritual missing Sunday night. You can't be spiritual missing Wednesday night. Perhaps this might be the reason for the lack of devotion to Christ. It's not about church. It's about Him. When you give, you don't give to the church. You give to Him through the church. You want to know if you're saved and walking in darkness, look at your checkbook. You don't need to look at your Bible, just look at your checkbook. You love Walmart more than you do Jesus. saved saved washed in the blood of the lamb saved and forever I am saved and got a place in heaven saved and all your sins are gone saved you're one of his kids but stumbling you just you just don't get it You just don't understand. I don't feel bad now because the master teacher taught the best he could find and they didn't understand either. It wasn't Jesus' fault they did not understand. It is not my fault you don't understand. Well, preacher, I just don't get it. I don't need it. Yes, you do. Who said you do? I said you do. Perhaps this might be the reason for the destructive nature of a bad testimony. What is your kids going to think of church? What are your grandkids going to think of church? Will they see the necessity to go? Will they be satisfied with being saved? And stumbling in darkness? Gaping for this thing to satisfy and this thing to fulfill. And diving to the bottom of this old world and coming up with rocks instead of jewels. Saved. Saved. But still in darkness. Saved. And don't understand. Preacher, you might say, I just don't get it. I don't see it. Could I please ask you to look at Mark eight and verse seventeen for just a minute? You just turn back, Mark eight and seventeen. I read for you. Now don't get so mad at me, you won't turn back and look at Mark eight, seventeen. Don't puff up like a toad frog with a hand grenade in your hand and going to blow up on somebody. Look at verse 17 now. Can I read it for you? The Bible said, and when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Here it is, having eyes, see you not. Having ears, hear you not. And do ye not remember? Some of us forgot how good God was to us when he saved us. Now look. Verse 19, when I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye? I bet they had to cough that deal up. Twelve of them sitting in a boat and they forgot to bring any bread. Now they're griping and complaining. We didn't bring anything to eat. Jesus said, did you just witness me turn some fish and bread? Did you see that? He said, how many was left over? And uh, they said, 12. You can skip 20. It's talking about some more loaves. Verse 21, look at this. He said unto them, How is it that you do not, what? Wow. Do you think maybe if Jesus was come today and preached to us, You think maybe that'd be a good sermon title for him to preach? You just don't get it. Oh, you're saved. But that's all there is to it. Jesus said, you you need to remember some things. Look at chapter eight, verse thirty one. Chapter eight and verse thirty one. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. Peter said, you don't know what you're talking about. The problem was they didn't understand. Problem was, is walking in darkness. I think maybe that might be our problem today. Solomon stresses, apply your heart to knowledge. Again, lean not unto thine own understanding. Remember those verses? Hosea closed his book like this. Who is wise? He shall understand these things. Saved, but walking in darkness. I have realized over these 40 some years of preaching, it is difficult to get people to understand. Jesus had the same problem, but I find that it must be worse today. Reminds me at one point in a game, the coach said to a young player, Do you understand what cooperation is? The young player said, Yes, sir. The coach said, Do you understand what it means to play as a team? The boy nodded and said, Yes. The coach said, Do you understand that what happens, whether we win together as a team? The little boy nodded, Yes. So the coach continued. When a strike is called, the umpire is right. Do you understand that? Do you understand that everything the umpire wants you to do, you're supposed to do? Yes. The coach said, That's good. Now go tell your mother. Some of you know what's going on. I wouldn't coach, I wouldn't referee a little league ball game unless I had two pistols and a shotgun and permission to shoot every parent that showed up. They just don't get it. Historical application, the disciples just hung up on this thing of the resurrection. They would not accept the fact Jesus Christ was going to go to a place called Calvary, a place of execution, a place of reproach. They would not accept in their heart that he was going to do that time and time again. He said, I'm going to go to Calvary. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to rise again. And time and time again, they refused to listen to what he said. Historical application. Notice if you would please. Our Lord's instruction. He said. In verse 31. And he taught them. And he taught his disciples. I like that. He taught his disciples. Now that's my job. And ministry and calling of God. Like Jesus was to teach his disciples. Under heaven I am commissioned to teach you. He's the master teacher. The teacher of all teachers. At the age of 12 years old he stood and absolutely confounded the wise men of his day. Amen. Teaching his disciples. He's the prideful professor that taught the apostle Paul on the backside of the desert. Can you imagine being taught by Jesus? Somebody said, if Jesus is teaching today, I might say amen. No, you wouldn't. But he taught his disciples. He said to them, I'm going to go in three days. I'm going I'm to die. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to rise again. But now listen to me. I'm going to tell you why they misunderstood. Are you ready? We can only have one thought at a time. Try it. See if you can have two thoughts at a time. Now some of us, we labor at having one thought at a time. I said us. What was in the mind of Peter, James, John, Andrew? What was in their mind? What had been ingrained in their life since the day they were just children? They were under the bondage of Rome. They paid taxes to the Roman government. They walked on Roman roads. And from their very childhood, they had been taught that a conquering Messiah was coming. They had been taught that all of their life, they had been taught that one would come riding on a white horse. This one came riding on a white donkey. They had the in mindset that Jesus was going to have a kingdom and set up an earthly kingdom on this earth. If that were not true, why were they arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom? They had a kingdom mindset. They were looking for a conquering, conquering king. But instead, God sent a lowly, suffering Savior. They could not get that. Their mind was made up. They had blotted it out of their mind that Jesus could ever die. A Savior that come to save them from Rome. A conquering King. A sovereign Savior. He must not die. You know why some of us don't get it? Because we don't want to. Amen. We satisfied riding around on what we got. Amen. It was not Jesus' fault that they were saved and still in darkness. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Today, Christians and non-Christians alike, it is impossible to instruct and teach them. Some of you have been members for years. Some of you have heard me preach the Bible almost from can to can't, alpha to omega, A to Z. But you just don't get it. It's all about church and not about a person called Jesus. It's all about a habit and not a relationship. The instruction. Could I please just spend a minute on the interrogation? And when Jesus came to Capernaum with his 12 disciples and he says to them, listen, what were you guys arguing about as we traveled the way? Do you think maybe one of these days at the judgment seat of Christ, God's going to look at a bunch of you Baptists and say, what were you arguing about along the way? I want to be great. I want to be recognized. My talent should be displayed. You know why the disciples didn't get it? Because they was worried too much about what they was going to get. Yeah. Amen. Come on now, don't get mad at me. Right. They was too worried about who was going to be chief dog in the dog yard. They were too worried about power, yeah. prestige. What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? What's your spirit so argumentative about? Well, you've done something I didn't like. Well, tell me what it is, I'll do it again. (laughs) Because evidently it worked on you. Notice, if you would please, the instruction. Notice the interrogation. Now, let me help you notice the illustration. And he took a little child and set him in the midst of power hungry disciples and said, If you want to be first, you've got to learn how to be last. And if you want to be served, you must first learn how to serve. And except you become like this little child, you won't ever understand. Well, I don't get the picture. Why did he use a child? Let me give you two or three reasons. Because a child is persistent in everything they do. Daddy, can I have a glass of water please? No. Go to sleep. Daddy, I'm thirsty. I can't sleep without a glass of water. Shut up. Go to sleep. Daddy, I am really thirsty. Can you get me a glass of water, please? No, and if you ask one more time, I'll spank you. Daddy, would you please bring some water when you come? (laughs) Children, Are persistent. Become like a little child. And be persistent to please your Savior and not yourself. A child is honest. If you don't want a child to say your breath smells, don't ask him. (laughs) Now I may lie to you. After I wake up, I will say, not in your lifetime. But if you want the right answer. Now, we'll say something that will make everybody look good. Even if we got a hedge a little bit. But not in a child's life. I like talking to your children. I ask them questions about you and your wife. I get most of my sermon material by talking to your kids at the candy bucket. Don't go home and kill your kids. I don't do that. But you know the truth. Kids are honest. Kids are persistent. Jesus said you become like that little child. Not only that, a child is, uh, knows how to Trust you think about this tonight if you had no car no credit cards no money in the savings and no job how would you sleep tonight kids have that every day and they sleep well at night because they trust mama and dad become persistent honest Trustful. Lastly, children know how to forgive. Amen. Huh? Yeah. I had a cousin. His name is Stud. I don't know why he called him that. Me and him was always fighting. He just lived right down the road from us. And of course, he got in trouble with the law and had to come to California and stay with us. He whipped several deputies. I don't know why. Probably because they needed whipping, I suppose. But me and Stud, we would we would have a fight just about every day. I I knew how to get him to run home. And I'd just jab him in the nose and his nose would always start bleeding. It'd be all over his face. Run down. He'd start crying, run to the house. If I did that to you, you'd hold a grudge the rest of the life. Roger didn't, he was back the next day and we was having fun. Kids. Kids know how to forgive. They don't carry grudges. They have disagreements. They yell, they scream, they tattletale on one another. Get mom and daddy all involved, then they go back to play and have no problem at all. What about you? You on a grudge? You mad? I done something that didn't fit your fancy? You like the disciples? Didn't understand? Well, why don't you get try to figure it out and do what Jesus said and become like a little child? It's a commercial. Do you hear me now? Do you hear me now? Are you saved and not enjoying it? Are you saved and mad at somebody? Are you saved and going to get even with somebody? You just don't get it. Saved, but living. In darkness, Jesus is saying, do you hear me now?